everybody. Welcome to episode 188. Jeez, that's there's a lot. Of yeah. Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host. Right, just cut you right off again. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Paul Robinson. That's me. That's my name. That is you. Yeah. Uh, we have a guest, as promised. Uh, introduce yourself. Hi, guys. I'm Dora Andra. I'm a stage and film director, and I'm happy to be here today. Nice. So um, you well, had... we're happy to have you. Yes. Thank you. Jeez. Well, you had actually reached out to us. Um, how did you find us? I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, a friend of mine said that, you know, you should hit these guys up and talk to them if they are interested because they're pretty cool. Joe Mark Antonio. Nice. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. We had him on the show. Yeah. We did. And he really Good liked deal. it. So, yeah. We really liked him. Yes. <laughs> he, he's True. really, he's really one of a kind. He, I mean, his work is just beyond amazing. It's really inspiring to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how long, uh, how, how did this all come to be for you? How long have you been working in the business? Well, good question. How did it come, come for me? I've been yeah. uh, in the industry for what, for six, seven years now, but I'm also, mm -hmm. I studied film and that's how I started. I studied media, I studied film, a bunch of things get connect, that connected to um, filmmaking and theater making. I took some you know, acting classes, method acting, um, and um, I started off with short movies in, in Europe, in Italy, where I started studying mm -hmm. filmmaking and then uh, plays in New York uh, once I got into my master's. Um, and um, it's been growing ever since. And it's been you know, commercials and music videos, which I really love to do, um, and short movies. And it's growing nicely, so I really like that. Um, and it's more and more challenging. And then COVID struck at one point when it was going really great. And then I had to, yeah, of course. you know, <laughs> figure things out for myself because I was working on mm -hmm. a musical and it was supposed to be staged both um, in the West End Theater in Manhattan and in the mm -hmm. Hackback uh, Performing Arts Center in New Jersey. So it was, we had shows in New Jersey and then we were supposed to get to Manhattan and logistically right. everything was set. And then from one day to the other after tech, we just got shut down. And so we had to transfer to Zoom with everything, every project that mm -hmm. I have, which was crazy, um, and look for new opportunities and new ways of being creative as everyone yeah. else, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So. yeah. so I'm always so, so curious about, um, you know, because you, you wear so many hats, right? You do so many things, you're very creative um, and you enjoy much like us, you enjoy the creative process, you know? So what kind of drew you into this world first? What was it that really kind of like hooked you? Um, well, uh, progressive theater in Hungary. I think that mm -hmm. was my first hook at high school. I had a great mm -hmm. teacher who just took us there every weekend, pretty much when it was possible, like last minute tickets. And we would just got on the bus and we would be on our way to, to the National Theatre, which was really progressive. We were doing contemporaries, uh, but it wasn't like dull and nonsense, which was strange to us because like we have those prejudices. I think if it's contemporary theatre, abstract theatre and abstract theatre, it's going to be weird and we're not going to understand the thing. Um, and then there was there were classics but in a really modern way staged and um and told those stories were really really exciting as well so and it was really like a, a very open space mm -hmm. meaning you know we were playing around in in the garden with other kids who were there to mm -hmm. see plays and we talked to actors which was huge and we were on stage um and it was you know it was a really open and interesting space and what was your experience? I always like to ask people that studied film what their experience in in school was versus actually making it on set. Because we uh, we there's sort of like this unanimous answer that everyone says uh, it's great if you can do it, but most of what I learned was actually being on set. It's a different. It's almost like I think with anything when you study something, you go for for a particular degree and you think oh, this is what it's going to be like to be a teacher. And then you get into a school and you're like, okay, that's completely different. So um, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I think it's it's really different. Um, I mean, on set, it's just, obviously it's a cliche, but it's really practical practical, and you learn it by doing. And then at school, um, even though I had really good practical courses and we had to analyze scenes and do scenes and stage things and direct people pretty much every day, but it's really different. It's a protected 
it's a really protected and protective environment, uh, mm-hmm. which is cool when you're a, a student and you're starting off. So you can experiment and be brave, but it's also a big disadvantage at the end of the day because you don't really learn about those rules that do exist outside of school. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it has pros and cons going to film school or going to um, to drama school, uh, but um, you really learn it by doing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they can really train you to put out that fire until you're on set. Uh, I, I feel like they don't prepare you for all the things that can go wrong. And uh, that's always been our experience is right, like learning. Have, right. Cause, and, and it, and it kind of makes sense. a class right? where they, because, they make everything go wrong right, for you. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that would be fun because... like that play where everything goes wrong. You know, that yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be yeah. fun. Actually, that's a good idea, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll, it's a crash course. Yeah. Literally. A, a crash course in. <laughs> All the complete bullshit that can happen on yeah. set. It's yeah. like a new new version of Sur- Survivor or something. Yes, yeah. like, film Survivor. Yeah. Film Survivor. If last, you go through that, last if you director survive, standing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It, though it does kind of make sense, right? Because you know, uh, when you're learning this stuff, you want to learn it and what it is, um, and then later on, when you do come across these problems, at least you know what you have to solve because you know what you need, what what needs to happen. So it makes sense. But yeah, I feel like so much of like what we do is is plan, 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 plan. And then but you also have to be ready to kind of just throw it all out the window and improvise on set, which happens a lot. And I like I love that type of environment where you kind of think on your feet. Stuff is fun. But um, yeah, yeah you've got to adapt. And it's also I think you're right that you know how to resolve things. But it's also just the fact that you know how to handle stress, like, you know, that you will come up with something, even though in the moment you might not have a clue what you're going to do, mm-hmm. but you know yeah. that it's going to be fine. So you you yeah. stay clear-headed and you can find that solution. Yeah. And Absolutely. for us, it's it's generally our money. So it's there's that added layer of stress because this is our, this isn't some big wigs money who yeah. we can kind of I can't sweet call, talk out of something. I can't call my executive producer and be like, we got a problem. Make, fix it. Yeah. I am the executive producer yeah. and I'm having a panic attack. Yeah. Because you don't know how you're going to eat next week or next month. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. We so, don't get this shot. We're not eating next We're not week. eating next <laughs> week. <laughs> um, so you. So you're working on on you're you're editing something now, correct? Yeah, it's a it's a short movie that we um, made um, late last year, and then mm-hmm. we have a, a short that's in you know that's being submitted to festivals right now. Uh, we did earlier last last year. Um, mm-hmm. Both shorts are um, well character driven pieces, and the first that's in festivals now it's about abuse and it's about. Um, yeah, difficult, difficult matters. It's through the eyes of a of a chef, of a, mm-hmm. a female chef, and it's uh, it's almost like Alan Bennett's monologues. When you pretty much you have a monologue that's going through the short, but then the monologue is pretty much in in her head. So we mm-hmm. just see mm-hmm. images and we see her work actually in the kitchen. So um, we used symbols and we used colors and we used the food and preparing food in a way. Um, to give her that space where she can tell and she can really relive that night at a party when something really horrible happened to her. And then we get to know about the afterlife of that of, of that situation when, um, yeah, she was pretty much, you know, ignored with her problems um, okay. in a really yeah. bureaucratic way. So that's the short that's in festivals. And the other one is about the distortions that we get through media and social media especially when it comes to our love life and when it comes to mm-hmm. likes and when it comes to comments and how we communicate and how we make those first mm-hmm. steps and why we make those first steps. And it's just, a, I think to many of us, it's a scary new way of getting in touch with people and showing emotions um, or yes. showing interest in other people. So it's about that. It's more abstract, the second one. It's mm-hmm. more, it's, um, it's, uh, it was really inspired by um, the School of Design in Chicago, which is at Bauhaus place where they experimented with film and and fine art and so that's uh that's a challenge to edit that because there are so many ways to go with it like you have a lot of material yeah. it's not artistic yeah yeah. Like, yeah yeah it's weird but it's so weird. the the first one that's in the festival is that pieces it that's pieces yeah okay yeah because we we did get to see it. we got to see it because we're cool we got yeah. the password I'm glad. Yeah. uh you'll get to see it sometime everybody out there yeah. uh but that that piece was really what did you film on first of all because it was beautiful um so uh we filmed it um late last year it was filmed on uh black magic 
um, and it's uh, we really liked uh, the location as well. I think it's just a really polished, elegant uh, environment for for a for a really emotional piece. So we wanted mm-hmm. to have that juxtaposition that you know, um, um, yeah. And uh, and the actress was phenomenal, so it was easy yeah. to mm-hmm. to film the whole thing because she was yeah. you know she was just really high game and so so yeah the the lighting and the grading were beautiful just really nicely done it was um i think if like if you weren't able to if you weren't able to hear the dialogue it was just still interesting to go through it just visually it was almost its own piece without audio i would say Mm -hmm. yeah um the way that it was edited like if i didn't know what was going on you know just watching those um those pieces it reminded me of like you know when they do those like really high-end competitions and you know everything's just really stylized but what i liked so much about the story was um that there was well at least for me it's how i took it i guess of things interpretation was just the contrast of her actual story being a moment in where something is being broken down and then the 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 juxtaposition there of now showing the creation of something else you know um and having this very unpleasant reality contrasting with pleasant looking things especially once you get to like the edible flowers and Mm -hmm. uh you know and then also you know the the big pig in me is just like oh food you know so (laughs) but um but i also you know, sometimes that can be tricky, I would think, right? Because uh, you, if you have something that's, you know, people see food and right away they like their heads go somewhere else. And so you could lose somebody if you're not careful because then their attention goes to that and you stop listening to the story. But they went together. It was like I was watching this get created, which was linked to that part of the story in, in some way. And so it never, I never lost that. I felt like I was genuinely interested in what was going on with her, but then also, oh, what are they making? What will it look like? What will the end result be? Well, thank you. I'm I'm glad that you know it made you think about all those details, because uh, <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah, um, it's also just interesting. It was interesting when I I heard about the story or the concept that you know, she's a creative person. She's giving something to the world. She's she's making these beautiful fine dining, you know, creations, and then she goes through this experience and. There's a big contrast, as you said, between what's going on inside of her mind and body and soul and then what Mm -hmm. she's doing every day because it's so different. And it's also how other people perceive her work and perceive her at her workplace. And she's not speaking really to other people. Mm -hmm. She's speaking to us. She's speaking in her mind. So she's repeating probably that story all over again Mm -hmm. because she can't really let it go. So that was interesting for me as well. Yeah, and and I, I like the aspect of it where... It's almost like, you know, having known people that have gone through similar situations, it's like you it's like you get up the next day and you still have to go to work. So it's like almost like when you you come into work the next day and you're telling this horrific thing that happened to you, but you still have to like proceed on with your life, you know? And so like that struggle is something that kind of really like stood out to me in that piece because it was like, you know, you can relate to that, right? Because the world doesn't end, unfortunately, you know, and, and a lot of times, like in the piece, it's just Well, like, it doesn't stop. Luckily, it 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 keeps going. Yeah, you don't yeah. want it to end. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. That's what I to but, say. Fortunately, it doesn't stop. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know what I mean, but, it's, you know, it's, no, it's, know. it's, it's All right, just, Thanos. It's, it's just <laughs> half those people are done. Um, but I just, I like that part of it because it's so raw, right? It's so like, this is a horrible thing where, you know, and how it's taken in by, you know, what she went through and not and, and the 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 uh, the aftermath of it all for her specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having to just go about your day and put a smile on and continue working. And, and it's such a struggle that so many and, and you never know. Right. You could be in a fine dining restaurant and the, the person that prepared your meal could have just went through something horrible and you never really know what someone's gone through. So it's it's uh, it, it was it kind of hit me on that level. That's great. Uh, I, yeah, I think it's 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 much about that public appearance, that public image that we have, and actually through that, like just taking a look at people and really listening to their stories, we could connect much better. But it's also about the fact that we have to have that public image in order to keep on going and really live our lives af- after such horrific events. So it's um, yeah, it's about a lot of layers, I think. And there's a lot of yeah. players and, and empathy really you know because you could be passing somebody in the street and you never know what they've been through so mm. if somebody's like curt with you or or you know whatever then 
it, a lot of times people just automatically want to be rude back, but you don't know what this person is going through. Most of the time, they're probably just a jerk, but a lot of times <laughs> it could be that somebody's going through something. And I feel like we don't we don't have that in society a lot where people are just um, so quick to to judge, you know, exactly. And it's also about ego a lot of times. Like I have my own problems. I have my own modern selfishness. And I don't really care about the fact that you, you might have gone through something horrible yesterday. So I'm not really looking for those, as you said, dots of link or links of empathy. I'm not really trying to understand or maybe ask how you're doing or, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's missing out on all those things. And I think it's connected to ego as well. Like we have yeah. our bubble and then we don't yeah. really think mm-hmm. about what's going on in someone else's bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I say that, but I don't always practice it myself either. You know, it's tough because you're going through your own stuff too, like you said. You know, and so, yeah, it's tough. It's, yeah, it's tough. I but, thought it was also interesting that you know the the story that she was telling, and then also working in a kitchen as a woman, um, being the minority there because I've been there, <laughs> and uh, um, it's yeah, it's it's a very male dominated field in you know in that way, and it's a very um, at least when I was in it, I know you know we. We progress and and things change, but I think that just historically, that's been a very macho Mm -hmm. uh, kind of environment. And I know that as a woman in that environment, you just had to like shut off a lot of sensitivities because you would never get through the day. It was just like a lot of lot of testosterone, Uh, and uh, (laughs) so. uh, But I still enjoyed being in the kitchen. But it's just a very different world as well. So it was you know interesting that she was had the experience that she had and then being uh, in that field and um, what what has that been like for you? Because film, although it is becoming more cre- progressive, is still very male dominated. And um, what have your experiences been like? It's yeah, it's difficult because you have so much pressure on different levels, especially as a woman. Um, and that's definitely similar to her her position in a kitchen in that macho environment, mm-hmm. plus in a fine dining restaurant. So you have the the quality yeah. ex- expectation as well. Um, and I think it's similar. Yeah, it's really really similar, and it's changing. But um, it's it's difficult because there's so much prejudice. There's so much you know question. So many question marks when when you are a woman and you sit down and you have those negotiations, those meetings, and then. You know, producers are looking at you like, can you do anything? Like, really, you can do this? Or really, yeah, like, yeah. why are you even here? Like, you should be in acting. You yeah. should be in something else. You should be teaching kids. And that's all lovely. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, I had an experience a few weeks ago when I um, got on a Zoom call with somebody that I've, I've never worked with. I um, mm-hmm. uh, He just wanted to pitch something to me. He's a producer. And his first remark was, which high school do you go to? I was oh, like, which high okay. school? Really? Like you, you looked at my resume and you wanted you to, were, yeah. to ask my opinion on things. And then you ask that first. Yeah. And that's the first remark. I was like, Don't judge based on, you know, based on my age yeah. and based on how I look or based on my gender. Like, that's just yeah. so unprofessional. Don't do that. Yeah. And also if it's on, if like... I have to almost wonder, like, so are you just striking up random professional conversations with high school girls? Like, is that, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, ask, just saying, but point. like, not yeah. even on a professional level, why are you talking to me if you think I'm a high school student? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And do you ask uh, guys that look young if yeah, they're in high school? Yeah, they're know, in high school. Exactly. I mean, from an outsider perspective, it's always been like, you know, as a guy and from an outsider perspective in that regards, it's always, I've always seen that kind of mentality of like, you know, uh, women in the f- industry seem to always have to kind of go above and beyond to prove themselves because the minute that you fail or the window do for failure is very, very, very small. small. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, guys can do it left and right and it's it's whatever. But, you know, women make that same mistake and it's judged much more harshly. And so, you know, hopefully that is getting less, you know, that kind of uh, hopefully the di- windows difference. opening wider so that yeah, we can yeah. also make mistakes. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, 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 you know, when, when women first started directing bigger budget films and it, it, it was like that mentality of like, well, we, we let a woman direct once and look what happened, you know, meanwhile, guys have like been making horrible movies since movies began. So it's, it's just that inequality that is um so obvious, you know, it's, it's insane, but you know, and it's hard it's to find, men, it's so. hard to find that fine line between, you know, pushing towards a point when you are being taken seriously as a woman. 
and mm-hmm. also not going over the top so you don't become the ice queen or I, I so yeah. you don't become somebody who is really labeled, labeled as a bitch or la- yeah label you differently yeah. so i think it's um it's it's difficult especially. but even in that right we would be controlling and bossy and bitchy but our count male pa- counterpart would be passionate yeah. oh he's just crazy he's so passionate yeah, you know he's so, driven, <laughs> he's so cool yeah he's so he driven he's just he's, he's a perfectionist oh, yeah yeah, yeah, it's got to be perfect. That's why. That's why he threw hot coffee at you. Just embrace it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why he's okay. shouting or you know doing yeah. whatever yeah. because he wants it to be perfect. It just, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. also it's, it, it distorts so many things for especially I think young people in this generation. Like what you accept from your boss, what you accept from a producer, director, a mm-hmm. people, a, a person in power. There are things that are not artistic. That's not for any artistic goal. You know, you can't shout at people. You can't be abusive in any way. You can't mm-hmm. make weird remarks because that's that has nothing to do with pushing someone to perfection or to perfect his or her performance. Like that yeah. has nothing to do with it. It's just an excuse. I think it's just, you know. Yeah. And then you have the people that try to overcorrect and then will treat people with like, you know, kid, kid gloves, gloves or yeah. whatever. And then that's just as bad too, because it's, it's, that's, you know, it's about equality, right? And everybody wants to be, you talk to me the same way you talk to that person, same way you talk to that person. And that doesn't accomplish that either. It still puts kind of a, a, a focus on it mm-hmm. when the fact that you're a woman shouldn't be the focus of it, it should be the work. Right. And so. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um... so men suck. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> no, they don't. That's the thing is that I've always had mostly male friends. Yeah. I love men, you yeah. know, and so for I hate when it becomes a, you know, um, you know, I realize they're done for empowerment, but I hate those I hate that that uh um progressiveness that in that process that we use hierarchy for it to say like if you want it done give it to a woman like no that's the same exact thing we were getting on the other Other side side. it's not about who's better it's just i my my goal is to be able to walk on set and not have to think about whether i which person do i have to be today which face do i have to wear because there's a lot of men in the room that seem like they're uh you know kind of aggressive or whatever it's just the goal is to just walk in a room and make a film and have your sex mean nothing. I don't want to be treated specially, and I especially don't want to be considered because you're filling a quota. That to me is just as bad because you don't believe in me. You don't believe in my work. You just want to be able to say, listen, we had a very woke set. You know, all these, all these women, just pull a whole bunch of women on here. And it's like, but did they have the credentials? Because I'm also, you know, that's, that's, that's where it's so, so difficult because when we self-fund things, right, we want the best that we can get. And in the back of my mind, it's always like, well, we're still in that spot where we want to be given a chance. So, you you know, I think about that, like I want to give somebody a chance, but I also don't, I want my audio to be the best it could possibly be. And so if somebody refers me to, a, 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 you know, a male a sound person and I know they're good, you know, it's, it's tough to take that risk on someone else because you want the best that you can get. But if opportunities aren't given, then it's difficult to find a female sound person that can keep up because you don't have that opportunity so it's such a catch-22 in that way because you, know, you really, have to create opportunity yeah. to you know to have it available it's really tricky it's tricky um but i agree i really dislike all those jobs when the description says you know um uh, we are looking for a female director a female production designer a female producer a female writer right. and then i just know the point is that they can sell the story they can sell the project as really progressive really modern mm-hmm. really you know yeah. um equality driven uh project and i don't like that necessarily either i i like Mm -hmm. it when there's a competition i think it's just that women have to have a chance to compete and to get the education and to get the practice Mm -hmm. on set and then there's a fight and let's let's do it and we're gonna beat guys that's fine i'm happy but i i do think about it because it's 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 like an interesting kind of thought experiment right where you have i picture it like I picture it like a race with cars, right? So you, I know it's, you know, just stick with Boom. me. It'll make sense. <laughs> but if you have like one car that's doing like 90 miles an hour, let's say that's men. And then you have another car, let's say that's doing 70 and that's women. And if you want women and men to both be doing 90, well, women are going to have to go faster than 90 to get to 90. Mm-hmm. You know, so I wonder if if this kind of overcorrection is is helpful. And then in the if in the end it balances out. 
Do you know what I mean? Well, like, it's, but I it's, don't know. It's, it's the act of I'm it not saying being, that's the right way. I'm just, yeah, I'm it's just... the act of it being pandering. You know, there's mm. a yeah. difference in giving opportunity and then being pandering. And I think that yeah. it's more that you have to create the opportunity before Four. you're on set. Yeah. The issue is that I never felt as I loved, like as a kid, I loved movies. I loved watching movies. I loved film. I always wanted to be an actor. I became an actor. And, but I never thought that film school was something I would ever go to. Like that just always seemed like something men would go to or not even going to film school was just like, well, I can't have a career outside of being an actor in film because that's mostly for guys. It's not even pitched to girls as a possibility. It's pitched as a male profession. And so I think that that just giving girls, young girls that drive to want to learn about it, they'll be able to catch up. But if we're not, if, if you're not really getting the bug because you, you're not, you're, you're not getting the, the, uh, the, uh, exposure to it. No, no. But like kind of the courage, I guess, right. If you're, if you're not developing the courage to actually pursue this until you're in your late twenties, you just lost 10 years over what your male counterpart had. So of course they're going to be light years ahead ahead of you yeah Yeah. and you know so it's always about the late start but i think that if you can you know say to young girls like yeah look here this is this is what line producers do here's what a first ad does here's what a director does is this interesting nobody wants to be a line (laughs) (laughs) but i'm just yeah every young woman that i know they want to be line producers and yeah <laughs> it's like modeling it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but i agree and also great examples even from you know if we think about maya Deren or any pioneers of filmmaking when it comes to women it's just crazy to see their work because it was so male dominant it's always been so male dominant but there have been those women and I love those festivals when it's it centers around women and women f- filmmakers. And as as a young woman, it's amazing to see what was going on, you know, with Claire Denis in the sixties or seventies. Um, it's just um, I think it's also introducing those jobs, as you said, and introducing those opportunities and great women who are really inspiring and who were inspiring. So yeah, that's just one side of the story. There's so many. <laughs> yeah. 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 Really. Yeah. So your um the film the film that you're currently editing um wh- how how long did that take to, for you to film? Because you filmed this during the pandemic, correct? Uh, right. So um pieces was also filmed during the pandemic, and that was oh okay uh, yeah that was like five days. Um and uh, this the new one modern love was also four and a half something like that. So it was similar to pieces yeah it's just been different because this is put together with like it was so many different sets and people Mm -hmm. and it was just a Mm -hmm. few short you know short takes everywhere because this is not linear and then the narrative piece was obviously really different pretty much one location same people and just takes and some rehearsal yeah is there something that, because um, it seems like your work uh, that you seem to be very drawn to, like a, a a story with a cause and that's very relatable, you know, be relationships with social media, um, um, you know, the the experience on on pieces and dealing with abuse and you know those types of things. Um, do you have? Is that what you find yourself drawn to, or do you want to do different types of? sci-fi or whatever like is are there other things that you'd really like to get into well it's interesting because it changes i think for all of us depending on what we get really into as a topic as a field it changes Mm -hmm. our um take on stories and desire to tell different kinds of stories but i've always been really drawn to um social matters and like Mm -hmm. great causes and things that really make me think and make me think differently and i like to explore so um you know um no man is Doman, dora the explorer i like i like to I like to, <laughs> I like to explore uh different topics and perspectives and you know i i put on touring a touring play about um you know the middle east which was um a great challenge and just I love to do that research and I love to talk about something that's really current and something that, again, has a cause and it's social also because it's social responsibility, how we, you know, um, approach those serious matters, war zones, refugees, um, people that are struggling. Um, Yeah, so I I think I'm drawn to stories with a thick social background layer and just Mm -hmm. humanity. If that answers your question. That's all you got? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah. I thought you were going to say something, but no, I I feel like you know it's it's so important to to tell those those types of stories though. You know, a lot of times like. But um, it's a different take that I like because you have a very yeah. visual way of telling them. Yes. It's not just like well, that's the thing. And, you know, and going through you know your reel and stuff, everything mm -hmm. is so is shot so beautifully and and so like how how do you interact with you know the visual side of the storytelling? You know, if mm -hmm. you're you're dealing with like a DP or um you know or or just a camera operator or whatever, and in camera choices, lens choices, and and just shot selection and all that stuff. Like, how do you? How involved in that process are you? And like, what's that relationship that you like to have with a DP? Well, I think I got really lucky early on because I um, had DPs with much more experience than what I had. So I had a chance to learn from a lot of people, which is, I think, mm -hmm. really great. Um, mm -hmm. And I always um, ask a lot of questions. Um, so I, I have a story in my mind and I know what I would like to see. Um, but I don't, I think as a director, you don't, have to know exactly everyone else's job um you just have to be you know clear about what you would like to have and then be able to adapt and ask questions and then give your you know take on things so it's some it's sometimes most of the times probably um finding that point of you know those two opinions takes meeting at somewhere um, mm. um but i i really had great connections to every DP that I work with. So I think I got lucky, like we were always on the same page and we um, normally um, talk a lot about not only visuals and the story and the locations, but also uh, the messages or also, you know, the style. We watch different movies together. We exchange a bunch of um, uh, reference points. Um, mm -hmm. And so uh, we get on the page by the time we get on set. Yeah, it's... Um... It's oh oh you know I'm I'm shooting all of our stuff so it's it's you know I don't have that um that kind of experience that, like I think it's so important to to not be a, afraid to not be the most knowledgeable person on set about everything you know and I feel like it's a growing process for everybody and and to have a relationship with the DP or the sound department or whatever and be able to learn more from them um it's all and you should never be right you shouldn't be the best at all the stuff on set, right? That's you should not be hiring the point. people that I think that's not right. even the point. Right. You should be hiring people that you can trust and to do their job. And then you can just, like you said, relay what it is that you want as the vision and then, and then kind of trust them to kind of fulfill that yeah, for you. you, you know, and you can or, learn or and communicate and you can have fun and enjoy the process of making something. I think that's also really important. I don't really like if if it's really too serious and too rigid and too mm -hmm. uh, you know once yeah. once the entertainment factor is out of yeah <laughs> out of the equation I don't really like that and I think yeah. it's mm -hmm. I, I love to to have people um, and a good team uh, with whom we can grow together while we are making that project so and learn yeah. together and we're gonna make mistakes and that's totally fine we can correct them so it's not it's not about not making mistakes yeah yeah either yeah so. we're the we're the exact same way you know i mean it's this is we do this because we love it you know and uh nobody loves to be yelled at or told what to do or whatever we're all like when i started making films it was just really bad horror films with all my friends you know and we are laughing and having a good time and you know and so that that almost childlike wonder of it all is not anything that you want to lose right you want to just be able to to have fun like we're a bunch a of five-year-olds that yeah. like joke around all day and so that's that uh i don't know i i don't take anything in life too seriously right like that and so true. i because i feel like once you do it becomes a job yeah. it's like any job at that point and this isn't i'm not doing this because i want it to be a job this is a passion so it's uh i think it's very important that 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 you bring that up because you know people get stuck in that kind of hierarchy of film sets and well there's um, no shortage of ego in this business oh my god yeah <laughs> and, it, and it's also, it, it freezes you because then it makes mm -hmm. it makes you overthink everything it makes you yes. delay everything it's not perfect we don't have everything we don't have all the means we don't have all the people we can't do it like it just raises so many concerns in your head that are completely unnecessary or maybe it's mm -hmm. just me, but I think it would just drive, <laughs> it would just drive me nuts and just over. I would overthink everything if I was so, um, you know, if I was so. I don't even know how to say it. So in my head just about everything. Yeah, so, hung yeah. into the, the yeah. perfection yeah. of the details. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. especially based on what you're doing, you would drive yourself crazy because it never 
ever goes as planned ever ever so you kind of have to give in to that kind of chaos i guess for Mm -hmm. lack of a better phrase of 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 everything that's going on and just kind of enjoy the ride because that's the biggest problem right is you you you're stressed out over the film and then the film's over and you didn't enjoy any of it and that experience is is why we're here we're not here i mean look we all want to make you know a lot of money in life just as a safety measure but the point of us doing this is because we love the journey we love that process and so if you're not enjoying it then move over because someone else will (laughs) yeah no i agree i agree so you're um you've you've done acting do you still act are you still in I'm, I'm or very have, happy it, have to, you moved to occasionally act uh, if uh-huh, I'm okay. my friends. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to say that I'm, you know, self-taping like crazy these days and, um, uh, you know, doing every acting gig that I, I can find. And I, mm-hmm. um, but I love to um, explore that as well. And I think it helps with communicating better with actors. Um, just experiencing those and obviously learning about different techniques and learning about just the experience of being that vulnerable in front of a Mm -hmm. camera on stage I think that adds to my job as a director that's why I got into acting and also I just wanted to explore this world because as we said you don't have to be you know wonderful at everything as a director because you don't have to lead every department thank god Mm -hmm. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) but you have to be familiar and you have to know yes. what they do and how you can contribute. Um, so, yeah. I think that personally, every actor should take acting classes, a director's course. Well, so, yes, <laughs> that also, too. Also, <laughs> and, and some and current <laughs> actors need to go back and get some more acting courses. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like every actor should have to take like just a, like just a, a, a short course in directing. And every director should take an acting course because these are two people that have to learn how to exist together. I mean, ultimately, you have sort of uh, the the middle person when it comes to the DP or the sound or whatever. But I think it's 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 so strange to me that there are directors that have never tried acting yeah. because you're asking something of somebody that you don't personally have experience with. So you don't understand how the wheels turn for them. But I think yeah. that for a lot of directors to be able to sit down and say, OK, give me this. And then to see, it's like, oh, okay, this is how I should communicate this better because this is how I would have learned more efficiently. And then the same thing for for actors, understanding that there is a lot on the line. What is a director looking you know, for and what is that position like for them, for everybody to just kind of understand what the other person wants in a more effective way than just give me this. Well, you know, like a, I hear that from a director. Uh just try it different. What what does that mean? Like, just as an actor, there's you you hear that and it's like, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. That means I mean, that they don't know they don't have a. There's vision thirty different ways I could play yeah. this character, but you know, do you want to be here all day doing that? Like, tell me more, more. And I, and I think that not being able to communicate that is that just takes up so much time on set. Now your actors are frustrated and the director becomes frustrated. Um, so I was going to ask you, do you? prefer directing over acting but i guess i kind of answered my own question in the yeah. way that i asked it <laughs> so. no but it's it's an interesting um point it's also you know the the worst directions the worst instructions ever be more vulnerable cry more uh be more like this or like that but it's not really action driven when you're not mm-hmm. when you don't really give your actor an objective or something that's tangible right. you just give an emotion i hate mm-hmm. that i hear about <laughs> that that a lot from actors um and working with other directors they have that experience but it's also interesting like, you know i think it's um it's a stylistically interesting thing as well because some directors they don't consider themselves to be actors directors and then there mm-hmm. th- then we have those directors who are really driven to actors and they are performance driven so it's interesting how you um i wouldn't say treat actors but how you measure the importance of actors your actors in your movie mm-hmm. if it's just part of the movie if it centers mm-hmm. around performances if it's just Really like the scenario, the scene, some props. Um, that's you know, right. <laughs> that's over the top. But for some for some directors, yeah, absolutely. Case. And then they're not gonna give any directions. They will put them somewhere right. in the frame so that it looks the way they want it to look. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's it. 
it's different. Yeah, I think it's it's it, it's it's funny to see that you know a lot of um, this isn't obviously for everybody, but a lot of newer directors tend to like really focus on the visual aspect of it all because they want the best camera and the best lighting, the best lenses, and all that sort of stuff. And you know, as as you start to progress down your career, you know, you you realize how important actors are and set dressing and all the little things that you never really cared about when you started out how important that becomes to the story itself and it's not about what lenses you use or what camera you use or any of that stuff it's it's about the the story and how each of these pieces play a part you know what pieces the character is the actor playing what pieces the set dressing playing what pieces um the lighting playing and and how you how you shape everything and so um once you can kind of like once you make that switch in your head and you and you get it then i think it becomes a much better kind of end 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 product not to not say films are a product but you know what i mean it's, it's <laughs> like the end result yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's true right yeah 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 well it's all subjective so it i doesn't think matter. what's really weird though is that you hear right so in i feel like on in in the independent level there's a there's a, a percentage of people that look at it as everything being aesthetic, right? I mean, and that is one thing that you can say. We've gone to film festivals and been like, the everything about that movie was atrocious, but it looked beautiful. You know, I mean, but that's like not a difficult thing to achieve now with digital cameras and all the, you know, years ago when we were starting and you had to get a tape, you know, and you had to rely on light. You had to know how to light a room because it would look God awful. But now it's like, you could not know how to light a room and get a decent image, not maybe the best image that that camera is going to give you, obviously, but you could still get a decent image because the cameras are built to fix that for you and to make those corrections, um, which is a whole other issue, I guess. But um, I think that... And then you have you know, posts, so let's just fix it in post. The exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let's just the fix that in probably. post. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially that. when you when you get there and you find out, we can't fix that in we, post we because you needed, really, to, yeah. you needed to film all this in raw and you didn't and yeah. you didn't know to do that and this is what you got now yeah. so yeah. you know um but i think that it's it's interesting to me that when people on an independent level don't uh don't respect the importance of performances mm -hmm. i feel like actors are it's like they worry about the acting later where's the location we got a cool location yeah. what camera are we filming filming on right bah, 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 bah. and then you get to the actors and it's like the audition process is just they're casting it's like one day we'll get somebody that's in here and we'll just go with it and no, it's we, like we, uh, wait we just get an influencer that's hmm? it we just get an influencer we just get somebody yeah, exactly yeah. exactly with acting exactly yeah. and you know it's oh, it's crazy so when you know um I, I i honestly i mean i write our films and stuff because i I got frustrated, first of all, with typecasting. I was just like, I'm so tired of the th these roles. I don't like this. And then I'd read a script and I'd be like, this is awful. I don't want to do this. So I'm not going to. But I haven't even really looked in auditions because once it got to a point where in the in in an actual um, run, they were saying like, okay, so we need a female age range, height, uh, and then what's your Instagram handle? Yeah. Because I know they're going to go there to see how And it's like, what <laughs> you know is this really where it's gone is this really where we've yeah. gone where it doesn't matter how many courses i've taken how many times i've looked like a lunatic practicing a character <laughs> in my car and having people think that i was having a mental breakdown while driving you know and trying to like actually i don't know become an actor it doesn't matter ultimately for so many for not so for many. all of course but yeah. for so many uh, and and that's really sad and the crazy thing is that I saw something, I don't remember the name of the movie, not that I'd say it anyway, but I saw some really independent movie. It made it on Apple trailers and I put it on and five seconds in, I was like, absolutely not. As soon as the actors started acting, I was like, this is terrible. And when you looked, I looked at the reviews on that, I think on Letterboxd or something, everyone said the same thing. These actors were terrible. And so it's where people think that doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's independent. Like, no, it absolutely does. People, they don't care. Like the average uh, audience goer that's not in film, they don't care what you filmed on. They don't know anything about an aspect ratio. They don't care about any of that. Are they being entertained by what they're watching? If they're, if they're being taken out because your actors are terrible, that's a big problem, you know? 
that works for you once you make it and you start doing blockbusters and you could be like, uh, let's hire, I'm sorry, I love him as a person, but let's get The Rock. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> he's, it's, he's like a sweet guy, but I'm not getting range out of him, but I don't need to because what I need him to do is to jump from this pillar that, to that pillar. And that's why you're watching the movie, right? Because it's just like this action-packed movie where it's there's not like a character-driven storyline. It's just like, all right, whatever. What monster is going to fly out of here? Then helicopter he's going to grab onto but in a, on our level that's so important it's so important because those other things don't really seem to matter to people anymore you know they just want to watch something well, there's there's always been like that you know you know people always want to like cast uh, attractive people right and that's always like been a thing and i feel like the uh uh the instagram social media influence is, is the new attractive person right because yeah. it's a, it's a marketing tool it's a marketing it's not tool yeah a crea- it's not, not even necessarily tool. um attractive in the sense that appearance wise or physically attractive it's just attractive because of something because for something right exactly because recognizable yeah because yeah. for something uh the person is being followed by i don't know how many thousand other people so um yeah i i really hate to listen to those stories when actor friends tell me that you know they got into that audition and they went to the place and they went to the studio and then there were a hundred other people and um you know they they couldn't enter the room because they had to fill out a form and they had to tell how many followers they had and then they were sent away and yeah. I go yeah. nuts when I hear those stories and I know how talented those people are. Yeah, they put a lot of work into actually growing as actors and mm-hmm. they, you know, learn monologues and go out and take courses. They don't spend all the time that they have on social media and they don't take, you know, photos of their dogs and their breakfast. But that's why they are great actors. And I don't believe mm-hmm. necessarily that the two can really come together. That, right. you know, I don't, I don't I'm, I'm, I'm doubtful. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I know it's it, a great it, marketing tool, and I, as as you two, uh, probably heard about those stories when they cast they cast other other producers cast based on just the number of followers yeah. because they need mm-hmm. the attention, the money, the the marketing value of yeah. their account. Didn't uh, Sophie Turner wasn't she Sophie Turner uh, from Game of Thrones? Uh-huh. Yeah, that she was. Say, Joe yeah, like her wife. She got offered yeah she got offered uh, knowing a that. part i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I just, pop I culture like <laughs> <laughs> um that she got she got cast for a part and um that she got cast because she had more followers because she did game of thrones at that point and she admitted she said the person that was intended for it was a far stronger actor than i am i only got the part because of who i was right as the other actor, you must be seething. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, it almost doesn't matter how much you practice or how good you are or how seriously you take your craft. It's just ultimately how recognizable are you? Mm-hmm. And are you, uh, you know, and then, and, and that's also, that's just like, there's that also that subcategory of that because it only, it's only uh, relevant to a certain age group. Yeah, because if you right. show me ninety percent of the influencers that every ten to twenty four year old knows, I, I don't I even know who these know. people yeah. are. Yeah. So it it fall for I me mean, for it's irrelevant to me that you cast this person that has three million followers. I don't I don't even know how that person is. Right. You know. So now you've shrunk that that audience down. It's really only relevant for those people. Right. So I don't understand why you know you you you'll have a film that isn't really geared towards that age range yeah. yet they want the influence influencers in it it's like these aren't the it's people that are going to be watching this movie or the marketing or trying to sell the the project to yeah. to a, sur- a streaming service or i don't know to to raise yeah. any attention or to to fund the project or whatever probably that's the only yeah. reason but i understand your point and i think it's a valid point that you um you know mess with yourself at the end of the day because it's not going to be good acting it's not going to be relevant who's that who, who who that person is because most people don't even know who that person is um so yeah and it's it's interesting what you said about sophie and i don't know i would feel horrible to be cast just only right. based on my yeah. instagram account i yeah. would feel horrible i know so many of them don't really feel that horrible. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> They're really happy, actually, and they post about, you know, the fact that they got... This was the goal for them. This was the ultimate goal. I booked it. Uh, But I would would feel really horrible, personally. Yeah, I I have too much of imposter syndrome already. Yeah. And and then if I'm literally in there because of 
not well, because it's of like my a, talent. It's like it's the like quota. The this, this is literally why I'm here. Not because you think I was the best person, but because yeah. you could get something else out of out it. Of me. Yeah. Um, and but it's it's tricky though too because I don't like that. In order to keep making stuff, you do have to um, promote, and you do have there is that side of it that does exist. You know, but, sure. But, but know? what is it and that so, you're promoting? You're promoting a half baked project the film, with a right? bad you're, actor. Yeah, that's exactly. what you yeah. want to do. <laughs> you have your name attached to it. That's what you want to promote. Yeah. Well, but, and I, but that's the thing is I feel like people lean too too heavily on that because they're too insecure about the project itself or the script or or whatever possibly, you know. Um, but I think also it's that we talk about this all the time when we say there's a difference between making films and then wanting to be a filmmaker. Yeah. There's a huge difference. It's the same as when uh, I talk to other actors or people who want to be actors and I say, do you want to be, do you want to be an actor or do you want to be on TV or mm. in a movie? Yeah. What's more important to you? Because, you know, um, uh, it, it, you're going to get two different worlds and two mm -hmm. different sides of this business. And we were just talking about this recently because uh, I after I'm very late to the game with Euphoria, I had a bunch of people saying, you should watch the show. It's so good. And I and I was really late to the game. And I mean, initially, I was just like, this is about high school kids. I'm already kind of out like I'm 40, you know, <laughs> like about 40. Like, I don't relate to this and they're all rich. You know what I mean? So I, I relate so to I it even less. So <laughs> I relate yeah. to and it's like rich teenagers. I got nothing here. Yeah. But Zendaya is a very good actor, you know, so I was just like, OK, I'm going to hang in here. And so now uh, season two has come out and, you know, there's a lot of discussion over the excessive nudity that's been on the show. And I was talking to a friend of mine about it. And, you know, Zendaya did a, a no nudity clause and, and uh, you know, how this is expected of actors. But what I had said was, you know, I realize this is part of the business. Yeah. That's the ugly reality, but it's a reality, right? And it's not going to just boop change overnight and it's going to be gone. But if actresses continue to be a source for them to do this, they're going to keep scripting this way. There has to be a point where they see a massive reduction in the amount of women that show up for an audition because it says nudity for them to go, God, we used to get two, 300 more applicants before. What's going on? Well, women don't want to be nude all the time to break into the business. But there's, an en there's just an endless supply. They'll always find somebody who, uh, some young actor that's going to go, maybe this will be my big break. I don't really want to be nude, but maybe this will be my big break. And, and that's why so many people do that. And yeah. it's like, well, you know, if, you, if, if you're willing to get into the business this way, that's never going to change. You know, if you and you know what, some people might be good with that. But like I watching this season, I'm just thinking, what for the director, just make porn. I mean, at this point, I don't understand. Like, just there's there's a lot of money in it. You know, you'll yeah. still make good money. Yeah. There's money in porn. Why are you in making ways, this? It's much easier. It's much yes, easier. you don't have to worry about lighting and sets. The story doesn't even matter. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. why? I, I mean. At this point, the gratuitous sex scenes and nudity are ruining the show mm -hmm. for me because I'm not focused on it's like, story, get, 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 like out of it. Get yeah. back. Yeah, like yeah. get back to the story. My one of my favorite films that I think is ironic because it made it it was so famous because of the sex was uh, Blue is the Warmest Color. The sex is what I liked the least about that movie. I just wanted the scenes to be over with because I was like, okay, how long have we been, you know, like, and all of this is staged in male fantasy. This is not what this would look like if it was really happening, first of all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, let's go. Those perform performances from them were so great. And they were mucked up for me by the overt sexuality and the, the the sex scenes in them. And I feel like that's what's happening with this show. And I think that's my whole point was just like that it depends who you're trying to attract. There are unfortunately too many actors, and in this case, actresses, because that's who they always direct the nudity at, that are okay with making it, making it into the scene that way. You know, and it, it speaks for everybody else, unfortunately. Like when I tell actors here, stop working for free. That's the reason why I can't get paid and they never offer me payment is because you're willing to work for free. <laughs> stop working for free. If you have experience, you shouldn't be working for free unless you know the person. That's different. You know, you make connections and, you know, you, everybody does favors. But up here where we live, it's it's in. They love to come up because we're, on, you know, an hour north of the city. Mm -hmm. And so. Nobody up here is, uh, they don't have the access that you would have if you live in Manhattan or in the boroughs. And so they're just so happy to have a production come up here that the actor's like, yeah, sure, I don't need to be paid. I just want to be in a movie. 
And I'm like, well, I, I want to pay my propane bill this month, which is really high because it's cold. I'd like to get paid. You know, <laughs> like, I don't care who's in the movie or if I can get selfies with them. I would like to be paid. I've spent a lot of money on acting classes and things over the years. I mean, but if you don't stop doing that, they'll never prioritize it. I, I agree. I think it's about uh, making too, too many compromises. And that happens a lot because you just want to work. And especially these days, so many people are just happy to work, happy to act mm -hmm. in anything, happy to not be paid for directing, happy to just make all the compromises really in the world. And I think after a while, after probably a few years or after graduating from film school, if you went to or mm -hmm. acting school, it just becomes a trap in a mm -hmm. way. Because, mm -hmm. okay, you make connections, you get to know people, but you don't really make those connections that you need or you don't really get to know those professionals that you need to get to know and from whom you can learn, um, mm -hmm. really. So, uh, yeah, I think that's tricky. That's really yeah. tricky. We, we always talked about um, kind of like, um, like uh, for lack of a better phrase, it's like selling out to to cash in on your dream, so to speak. So it's like, you know, if, if, if somebody comes to some, production company comes to you and says, hey, we have this stupid film and it's really bad, but we want you to direct it. And it's like kind of not good and, and whatever. And it's like, okay, well, I'll direct that. But then I can take the money that I've made or the connections that I've made. And then I can take, parlay that into what I really want to make. So I think there may be something to, said, to say for that. But at the same time, you're still feeding that machine. Yeah. You know, so it's tricky. It depends. It's personal choices obviously yeah. and so many people do uh the things that you just said and they sort of sell out uh, in order to make something that they would really be passionate mm -hmm. about making so um it depends on what you want your name be attached to yeah exactly yep yep. yeah it, it goes back have to, to have that. like a pseudonym <laughs> yeah pseudonym for sure absolutely yeah the the uh God, what was a uh, Richard Bachman, right? Isn't that Stephen King? Yeah. <laughs> like, you can write something else. Yeah. I'll be Rob Paulson. Directed Rob Paulson. By Rob Paulson. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for being on. Um, do you, do you, can you anticipate when uh, your newest will be done with editing or did you just start? Done? Uh, well, I'm hoping that by early March it's going to be done. Okay. And it's going to be out. And yeah, I'm, oh, I'm actually, really trying. I'm trying to. Right. I, I read on, on the site that you were um, possibly gearing up to, to do a feature. Yeah. Ah. And so where are you in that process? Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah. No, let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right, wait. thanks for being on. Wait, you're doing a feature? <laughs> yeah. So I went nuts at one point because I got my green card and then I went, why not link the dots and, you know, um, try to look into funding both from Europe and the US and try to bring people mm -hmm. together and filmmakers together and experience people together and then just go for a feature. Uh, and that's how it started. Um, and uh, well, now I have uh, my script. I'm in like my fourth draft or something close to that. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm talking to um, executives in Europe um, and it's, it's looking good because I wanted to make something that's doable. First of all, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't want mm -hmm. to really make a sci-fi as a first feature. Um, right. and so I no want rock. to concentrate. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you're not going to be we're not casting the rock. Yet. Uh, <laughs> okay. Maybe in two, three years, but then we're going okay. to, you know, um, with SpaceX, it's, everything is possible. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm 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 making something that's very character driven and that's um, about healing and letting go of past traumas. Nice. Um, so it's gonna be a, a very very character driven piece, and I'm you know I'm excited and I'm putting pieces cool. together these days. Yeah, so that's always such a, an exciting part of the process, you know. And, Features but are a whole other thing. Like that's that's like yeah, we're it's a whole yeah. other thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can tell. Uh, yeah, um, but it's 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 exciting. You know, it's I've seen so many great features in the past few years uh, made from lower budgets, really independent, um, and with a lot of creativity and with just a few great people who you know showed the right way to filmmakers yeah. with distribution and streaming and different platforms. So um, I think it's much more open. It's just there are more opportunities everywhere because it's oh, just yeah. really you know yeah um i would imagine i would imagine that the the business side comes into it much more with a feature especially with your dealing with possible streaming and stuff because there definitely has to be a return on that investment mm -hmm. and then um 
you have to keep us uh, up to date on the process. Yeah, so absolutely. Kind of, uh, absolutely. I think like... it's interesting because, uh, you know, once I started looking into how to really do it and how to go through all the stages, uh, once I had a solid script and I had, you know, things in my mind really cleared <laughs> out. Um, it's interesting because you have to uh, think about marketing and distribution and everything way before you have the final draft. So it's it's just the, the stages are different and you have to be much more conscious about the next step and the step after that and the step after that so it's um so it's interesting but i'm i'm enjoying it i think it's you know fun to to make something that you really if if it's a story that you're really drawn to then why not yeah cool well i'll definitely be in touch because i'd I'd love to see that that that's gonna be cool uh and um we make friends just so we can see their work early (laughs) (laughs) well it's also like you know we like it's genuinely exciting for me when someone's on because uh, that's on this you know in, in in a similar world an independent world when they go like i'm making a feature it's like we're going through it with them we're like what you know and so yeah. you know it when they make done. it yeah. yeah we're like oh look they did well, it you know inspiring yeah it's really it's, exciting yeah. you know it's exciting when you see uh you know you find people that uh, like mark antonio you know just like just yeah different uh, filmmakers that you're like look what they did like that's so yeah. crazy um and i'd and not can heard, i do it yeah i've not heard of them before this isn't you know like some mainstream person but they made something really cool and so um i mean yeah, espe- especially just... when it comes to last year um so many movies were made by f- first-time filmmakers first-time yes. feature filmmakers from pig mm-hmm. to literally to kin- kindred was 2020 but still um mm-hmm. and there it's it's just amazing what's out there apples from greece yeah. Um, a bunch of great, great independent movies, and most of them low budget, most of them just extremely creative and extremely moving stories and stories about yeah. human connection that's that became so so extremely important, I think over the past mm-hmm. few years, so something that you can yeah. instantly rely, uh, relate to. Um, yeah. So once you have that, I think it's you know it's totally doable. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. we we really look forward to seeing uh, that process for you and how that goes. So we'll definitely be in touch, have you back on when you have your, your feature going. And, uh, you, you know, we'll get to see it first, obviously. Obviously. We'll have to go through her, go through her assistant. I'll have to go point. through your agent at that point. Yeah. yeah, they'll be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. This is not 2022, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you're gonna need to you need to give some emails. Who are you exactly? She yeah. doesn't remember who you are. Yeah. She said she has no Aww, idea what will. you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. Um, we'll have so all of your um, we'll have links to your words, you know, yep. to your handles and stuff like yep. that, yep. so um, you can check out your stuff. Thank you. Alrighty. Thank you so much Bye. for having me. Thank you. So that was Dora. We're gonna have links um to her site and stuff, and then hopefully we'll see get to see what she makes on her feature. Yeah. She can get back to us and be like, don't do it. Yeah. It's a freaking nightmare. A freaking nightmare. Um, yeah. So I don't know what's going on next week. Probably just more reviews and things. We've watched a whole bunch of shows. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of shows. Indeed. And um, I'm also going to find some topics to talk about and uh, things that have, uh, topics that have been requested by listeners. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll set some of those up so that we can get into those things. Yes. Um. How are you doing there, buddy? I'm okay. <laughs> you know, we are we are currently in in the midst of a, a snowstorm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So luckily, we didn't lose power, so that's fun. I was worried we were going to like lose our internet in the middle gonna, of the interview. Jinxed us. I did not. We always lose power. That's that's like it's par a, for the course, as it it's were. It's a it's a a bonus when we don't. Yeah, but we always plan for it. Truth, because nice egg is fun like that. Ugh, Bastards. Get me started. Um, shout out MoGraph. So MoGraph is starting MoGraph TV. Yeah. I don't know if y'all We've talked heard. about that. Have we? Yes. Well, just in case <laughs> yes. they haven't heard before, it's, yes, it's going to go live soon. Yeah. 24-hour streaming channel with motion graphics and other stuff, too. I mean, we'll be on there, I'm sure, and there'll be other things. So um, look out for that. Yeah. Once it goes live, I'll, I'll have links. Maybe we'll have them on or something. I don't know. You don't know? We'll see how busy they are. They're probably going to be too busy. They're very busy for us. We're, yeah. we're, not, we're not very cool. Yeah. We're not quite cool yeah, enough. Yeah. enough. Um, but yeah, so, uh, we, well, we've talked about doing video to our podcast, but um, well, I don't there's, know. There's things we need to get I to. sit in my pajamas through 90% of but these that, shows. who cares? That's the, that's the, that is, that's, it makes us is relatable. Is that the lure? Yeah. It makes us <laughs> relatable. Because look, if we're not here to make wearing pajamas 
a standard, then who else is going to do it? Yeah, but then in the like in the summer months, I got to put on a bra and everything, and it's just like I don't know. What was you? Jeez. Yeah, you try wearing a bra, all right? <laughs> a bro, it's a man's ear. They're uncomfortable, especially when it's hot. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I look like a pile of ass when we're recording mo- most of the time, and so it's is like that I just one ass that is a pile or a pile of many asses. Many asses. Oh, okay. From my complexion to my hair to my wardrobe, all of it is yeah. a complete disaster. And but it's all and relatable, I feel like right? I have I have to uh, yeah to uh, to a, a a sow. That's not true. I just don't. You're gorgeous no matter what. That's oh, the stop thing. it. That's the thing. That's, stop it. That's, that's, I'm speaking the truth here. You you're stuck with me, and you have to tell yourself lies, no. sir. And I appreciate that's it, but it doesn't lessen the fact that i look like i literally crawled out of bed because many times that is what you're getting Mm -hmm. and then that's going to be on camera and then that's going to be like available forever in the interwebs and it's going to be like my god look at this girl yeah and then someone will be like oh i heard about oh god never mind i was gonna (laughs) see if she wanted audition what is that uh well you know maybe when if we need a a swamp witch (laughs) for you to become an influencer so you can get all the roles a slob influencer (laughs) i'm bringing a slim influencer (laughs) i'm I'm bringing slob back that's what i'm I'm gonna own that shit yeah (laughs) team slob um yeah i don't i'm, I'm not a glamour girl i don't, I don't know it's go just... grill a slob cast okay i'm done <laughs> <laughs> it's different for you guys you have a beard yeah so that's like of... that hides like 50 percent of whatever's going on with you guys mm. your hair's short so it's like you just you know yeah i have like a wavy to curly rat's nest that's usually <laughs> sitting on top of my head i don't know yeah i don't fun know fun stuff it is fun stuff maybe fun we stuff. could be like uh like the slipknot of podcasts oh, yeah. <laughs> and like i could put like one of those masquerade eye masks on or something mm-hmm. be like oh i wonder what she looks like today yeah or just put a big blurry dot on my face just pixelate me yeah like a like you're a witness to something yeah and then just make my voice like this <laughs> more like podcasts yeah that'll be me yeah but no that's gonna be this is gonna be fantastic <laughs> Jesus, who's his uh, who's his podcast partner? Convict? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's going on here? All right. Well, if you have stuff you want us to watch, send it our way. Would you? Would you? Would you just do that? Do it. Um, we we I don't know. We watched we watched a horror movie that I we may or may not talk about because um, I actually did not enjoy it. But mm. there there are things about it that I still want to talk about because sure. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, maybe well, someone fine. else gets it. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. But, uh, you know, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Bye.